In the past few days, I've woken up in a jail cell and then on a train. Now it's an underwater boat. Where will I wake up tomorrow? I'm beginning to think this has all been a dream or a hallucination or worse. But can you feel tired in dreams? Because I certainly do. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Season 2, Episode 2, Glass Sword, Chapter 3 and 4. So Mir wakes up in the, what do they call it? The immersive? Yeah. I prefer the amazing underwater tube thingy. I agree. <laughs> I think it sounds better. I guess they're so clever for shortening submersive? I yeah. I think they may not even know what it was called. That's just what people call it, so they call it immersive. I'm sure there's someone somewhere that knows, like probably Julie. <laughs> like, that's a submarine, circa 19. <laughs> but it, it's like, they're just, they're taking, they're taking off the, what we usually call it. So instead of just like shortening it to sub, it's immersive. It's just said. immersive. Yeah. I don't. Congrats, guys. <laughs> Some kind of weird form of half print, half cursive handwriting that only people in America use. Immersive. Right. Immersive. <laughs> it's, it's American immersive. American cursive. Immersive. So, at this so point... Let's, let's get all our laughs out now before we get into the super depressathon. We're so, we're so from the Midwest. Yeah, because the mayor does launch into her oh, depressing my. Gosh, Mare just <laughs> listing off the names of people that have died for her quote-unquote foolish plans. This girl just never gives herself a break. No. It's time for Mare's Depressathon! Depressathon! Well, it's, what's funny is Call she... Call 1-800-MARE-SUCKS to donate today. <laughs> <laughs> Next tonight, we'll have Donnie and Marie Osmond. Ooh, Mare sucks! Okay. Mare Okay, Mom. But so, the thing is, it's not funny, but the thing about this is, Mayor, with Mayor, it's like, oh, they did this for me, and it's, I'm the way they died. They didn't die for you, Mayor. They died for freedom. Right. Because that's what they want. It's right. the cause they're dying for, you're just part of it. She you, still needs to kind of get that through her head. Yeah, I, I don't think I mean, she's young. she, right, and she's internalizing a lot of this where she doesn't really need to, but I think because she feels like none of this really seemingly kicked off until she became involved in it that that's where her head goes like right. we've talked on the show before about how this plan was probably in effect for a very long period of time right but we don't know but that mayor was just the catalyst to kind of set all the oh, events yeah. in motion so this stuff would have happened in some form or another anyway Correct. But she's putting it all on herself because she was the catalyst right. that set it all off. She just happened to I be... I mean, I get it, but gosh. Right. She just happened to be also the red with an ability that just happened to demonstrate it, show it the, in front of a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, the first one it. for it to be seen in right. such a public arena. So, I mean, I get it, but it's like, girl. But it's like, also, these people are <sighs> willingly sacrificing themselves for the cause. Right. I mean, you know, Walsh, she's like, I'm Walsh. Had an awful death, taking poison. She did it to she did pr- it, yeah. protect you and yeah. the Scarlet Guard. Chill. <laughs> no chill in Mare. Not Mare everything's all no about chill. you, Mare. Everything is all about her. Well, then she starts thinking <laughs> about the Silvers, too. Lucas and Lady Blownos. And Why do you Lady, care about Lady Blownos? Lady Blownos decapitated, 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 decapitated because she taught me how to sit properly. It's like, no, 
Oh, man, no. her. You think, yeah, Laura's like, she's sitting way too well. We got a target. <laughs> Lady yeah, Blonos. the teacher has done her job way too well. <laughs> if Mary <laughs> sits any, if Mary oh, sits any better than that, our plan will be ruined. I don't. <laughs> Meredith. Meredith. I almost said Meredith, and Meredith was like, Meredith's like, what? <laughs> Mer- Can I have a goldfish? Mare, honey. <laughs> goldfish. Well, and then she can't even go, she can't even let her mind go to Julian and Sarah. Like, Right, she assumes they're dead. Oh, yeah. they're dead. Right. But we don't know. No, no, no. They're no, they're dead. 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 I said. But Mare, sweetie, there's no proof. But they're dead. Okay. Right. <laughs> you are okay, Mare. This next part, though, I totally felt for Mare with the bad headache mm-hmm. after what I went through last week with my stupid long COVID headache and all the funness that ensued after that. So I get it. I had a headache last night. You okay? No, I'm fine. Is it called a I ate too much fancy country club food headache? No, I just had a headache. (laughs) I can't explain why it happened. But then, yeah, she starts thinking about the list and then she's like changing and Kaloran comes in as she's Taking her shirt off. He's like, uh, it's uh, skin and stuff. <laughs> but that's when she says she has a bad headache, and Kaloran says it must be from the banshee scream. So, what exactly is a banshee? It's it's a, it's I mean, a it's silver. A, it's an ability, it's a right? Silver ability, yeah. So what is it? I mean, I mean, I mean do they scream? Do yeah. they just get in your head? Like what? Is it like a high pitched sound? Yeah. Or? I, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they would have had to have taken that from, from the, banshees the Banshees of Folklore. Yeah, so. the, right. like, mythical. Yeah, so it's probably creature. just, like, some sort of sonic scream yeah. that right. rattles your cranium. So Mare's all like... I was supposed to do research, and I, did I not. failed. So Mare's like, this migraine is like a Banshee screaming in my head. And Kalorn's like, you're lucky that it didn't hit you head on. Like, that you didn't take the full brunt of right. the Banshee scream. And she's like, I don't feel lucky for any of you. And Kalorn's okay. like, you're alive, Mayor. So stop it. There's you sound like a baby. More than many can say. Right. And he kind of pulls away from her, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Stop standing there stomping her foot and whining. It's like, all right, Mayor. <laughs> so then but she I changes the subject. Yeah. I want to be depressed. He doesn't want her to be depressed, so she wants to find something else to be depressed about, I guess. So then she's like, well, where are we going? And she wants to know where they're heading. And Kalorn's like, I I don't know. I don't know. You Why think they tell me? Yeah. I don't know anything. All I know is killing in red uniforms. Well, he says they left Nersi five five hours five ago hours and they're heading northeast. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all they know. And that shade is even keeping secrets. Like everybody is keeping secrets here. Not nobody's real fleet free flowing with the information right. in this situation. And they're certainly not going to tell Mare because no. right. she's injured. And she was just with the and Silvers And she was just long? with the Silvers. Right. She's standing her ground when it comes to Cal. Like, nobody trusts anybody in this situation, which if the first book taught us anything, that's exactly how you should approach every right. situation in right. this world. Right. <laughs> Zero trust. Well, Zero trust. Well, she's like, doesn't that bother you that you don't know everything? And Kalorin's like, why would they tell me anything? I'm just a friggin' foot soldier. We've got Farley and then people above captains and then people above them. There's higher up. Right. They're not going to tell us everything, Mayor. 
where she finds out that there are people above Farley. Yeah. Yeah, when he says that, yeah. She just assumes that Farley is the top. Yeah, and it's like, oh. Like four months. Two months. She mentioned somewhere that it's actually only been two months since she left the stilts. I know, right? I know. In chap, I'm I'm pretty sure it's in chapter five Mm. when she's talking about uh, Bruton, but we'll get there. Right. But yeah, she mentions that it was only two months since she left the stilts. Is this where he calls it the Mersive? Is this when he first says Mersive, or does he say did we already go over that earlier? I think so. She Mare's all worried about shade. Right. Of course. After his injury. Yeah, be worried about your because, older brother. Yeah, because uh back home in the stilts, if you were to have an injury like that, you're it you're just beating infection. Right. Like, they you just know, toss you it, into the meat grinder to feed the other soldiers. I mean, right? pretty much. If it gets if it gets bad enough, you're gonna lose whatever right. that limit. Yeah, whatever appendage you have an issue on. So she's just ready to see that Shade has had his leg amputated, like, straight out of season three of The Walking Dead. So it's like, you know, she's expecting this horrible thing. And Kalorn tells her that at least Silver's fight with clean clean bullets. Bullets, right. Right. So you're not going to, he's not going to get an infection, and Farley has medicine that she's given him. So Mare's kind of like, so, right. Clean what? bullets. I don't understand yeah. what any of these words mean. <laughs> so, so they, she knows what medicine is. She just wasn't, she just didn't have much of it. So she wants Kalorn to take her to the infirmary because she wants to see Shade. So they start right. going through the, the immersive, yeah. if you will. I would therefore <laughs> heretofore call a sub because I'm a normal person. <laughs> Mom, anyway. When do you not but want she, a sandwich? But, Always. She <laughs> says uh, that she is afraid of dying a horrible death on this tiny metal thing and lying forever in a watery grave at the bottom of the ocean. And in my notes, I have, girl, I feel your pain. (laughs) If I was stuck on a submarine, that's the only thing I'd be thinking too is, well, this is how I die. If you were stuck on a submarine while you also had, like, another goal, would that be your only worry? Are you the same on an airplane? No. Because literally, I mean, you're literally hanging in the air. I can see sky. Right, but you're hanging hanging in the sky. (laughs) What happens if the engine goes down? Well, no, I get that. Are you going to jump out and flap your arms? I can see everything. Mom, I want you to... Like, if I was in a submarine... You can see everything. There's no windows. Sometimes there are. You can see outside. But all I see is ocean. I don't want to be out there. You're just afraid of the ocean. There's Kraken, and there's dolphins. Great white sharks. There's great white sharks. There's, uh, did I mention the Kraken? There's megalodons down there. We don't even know what's down there. I mean, you gotta go low for them to hit that. You know how low submarines travel? Why would you be on a submarine? I would not. That's my whole point. (laughs) Okay. We get it. We get it. You're a woman of many phobias. Yes. I like this next part because Mare realizes that. People are gonna treat her a little bit different here. Yeah, when they're going walking down and the yeah. Scarlet Guards are like getting up against the wall, yeah. like, <laughs> parting like not, the red. They won't look at her. Come through, yeah. And they're like they're whispering when she walks by. Like, like, yeah, she's she's not used to this kind of treatment, you know, where everybody has some sort of 
at least reverence for her. Right. And she realizes that the people that won't even look her in the eye, they're afraid of her. They're afraid of what she'll do to them. Right. And she's not used to people being her. afraid of her. Right. She's used to being afraid of other people. And she's, she's kind of a coward. Yeah, she's used to other people manipulating her, so... Is this where the, the guards were given Kalorn crap about some girl named oh. Lena that Narnia's never brought up again? <laughs> yeah. In the history Ever. of the book series. Ever. We're going to bring up Cal's love interest and then literally and then only just, mention her once right. again. And then that's Cal. Kalorn? Kalorn. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then they're also the ones that call her my lady, and she's like, no, please. Just yeah, me. she doesn't like that. Call me ma'am. She she wants like, to tell yeah, no. yeah. she yeah. wants to tell them uh, thank you for your service you know like thank you for getting me out of the bowl of bones right. and all this kind of stuff but she thinks that that's what they tell family is when they send them a letter that says that their child has died and they thank them for their child's service right. so she's like that oh, would no, just be lip service if I said that right it. It's been used so many times in such an insincere way that it doesn't seem sincere anymore. Yeah. So then she resolves to herself that in order to keep more people from having to die, that she's going to, she knows Farley's going to have a plan to find the new bloods and, you know, she's going to put all her eggs in the Farley basket. And my notes here just say, Mare, you beautiful little <laughs> You beautiful. Right. So they get in the infirmary, and Shade is pretending to be asleep. Sleepy. For the record, I've actually done this a couple of times, where yes, I've pretended have. to be asleep, and just to like listen to people's conversations. As have I. Mm-hmm. I did it one time when we were at Mamie and Poppy's. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, you came out of the kitchen, and you were like, oh, she's asleep on the couch, and I was like... But Shade is pretending to be asleep so he can listen to what they say. Right. And collect information. And uh, she realizes that, you know, Shade has always been the sneaky one. You know, it's never really occurred to her until now that she's the thief in the family, but Shade is also on her level of sneakiness. You know, no wonder he ended up in the Scarlet Guard because he's got this kind of personality trait that's good for, you know, getting people to tell you things or getting information. Mm -hmm. So he's right where he belongs in the Scarlet Guard. So then there's a part I like where Shade looks down towards Farley, Mm -hmm. who's down in the infirmary, Mm -hmm. and Mayor looks down there, and she said, notices it. Farley's sitting there monitoring a patient, mm-hmm. and there's nurses running around. She said there's blood splattered all over. I guess Farley's got like a white nurse's almost like an apron <laughs> yeah. shift kind of thing. And there's like blood splattered all over it, and that she noticed that there's red stains all the way up to her elbows where she's just rewashed her hands over and over from all the blood, but it's still stained it's red. Still there, and she's yeah. noticed there's one of this, this scar that runs down the side of her neck is split open again and yeah. restitched. But she's still sitting there. She's right. still doing everything she can to help other people. And help the soldiers. And then this is where they find out about the island that they're headed to, correct? Shane yeah. says they're headed yeah. to an island named Tuck. Mm-hmm. And that Farley's pretty certain that they'll be safe there. Yeah, it's, it's off of the mainland of Norda. And 
she tries to remember it from Julian's map, and all she can remember is just that there's like a group of islands. Islands out there. It's just one of those. Yeah. So it's not actually marked as its own island because it's so small. Right. So that that <laughs> forebodes well for her because she thinks if I don't remember seeing it on a map, then maybe the Silvers have forgotten that it exists. Right. But then Kalorn says, "Well, Farley thought Mercy was safe too." And Mary's like. It wasn't her fault we lost Mercy. And then she thinks to herself, that's nice. <laughs> no, honey, oh, no, it's, it's Maven. <laughs> Blame it on the guy who actually brought your own people in to destroy it. Exactly. Stop blaming yourself. <laughs> you are not the monster here. It's your old boyfriend. Ew. <laughs> Did that make it too real for you? Yeah. Shade says that Farley is not really worried about the list. Mare's like, ah, let's go talk about the list, the list, the list. And Shade's like, Farley's got other stuff that she's focused on right now. Right. She's and like, he mentions the others and their family. So she's like, others, you know, right. how many people are actually here? Because <laughs> only about 30. Everyone has died. Yeah, only about 30 got off the Merses, so right. she thinks that's going to be the only people that are there, and her family magically somehow knows. <laughs> yeah, just her family. Just her family. Her family and the 30 people on the Merses. That's, that's the only it. reds that are left alive. Well, that's her world. universe right now. I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's she never knows what she's going to walk into when she gets someplace new, so I guess that this kind of unease and being on the edge is just natural for her right. at this point. Right, because she, she's not thinking about all the refugees that I mean, they weren't there when they had their big battle, so she knew they were already gone. Where did she think they went? Right. I don't know. They'd already evacuated. They didn't even lose right. that many refugees there. So this yeah. is also when, yeah, she 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 finds out that mom and dad and geezer are there. She knows that they're there. And the boys. And the boys. Yeah. And then this is when Shade kind of tells her that the Scarlet Guard wants to look weak. They want to look yeah. weak, disorganized small that they're intentionally showing the silvers what i like to call the underside of the fabric that you're sewing on can't see the top side where the design actually is you can Mm -hmm. only see the underside and knots and everything to keep it together or they're just letting them see the tip of the iceberg not what's under the surface yeah basically they're they're picking and choosing what they're showing he's like nancy wasn't the only stronghold Farley's not in command of all the Scarlet Guard. There She's are just a one of captain. many captains. There are people above her. And then, of course, Mare starts complaining. Right. In yeah. typical Maven doesn't matter what you keep We can't win with Maven. Yeah, Maven's going to find it all out. You can't keep secrets from him. Blah, 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 blah. Well, mm-hmm. you can if you're never actually around him and or Alara. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you very well can keep secrets but from him. Apparently, while she was having her tirade, Farley walked up behind her because she kind of shocks her from behind. She's like, well, then what would you suggest? Lightning girl. <laughs> Mare spins on her ready with a reply. She does not waste any time no, she does not. replying to Farley that they need to fight fire with fire. That the only way that they can come out against Maven is to look strong and come at him hard. And Farley right. says, well, that sounds like a silver thing. You know, jabbing at Mare again, like, you know. Right. That sounds exactly like what a silver would do, not right. somebody who's in the Scarlet Guard. But the Mare points out, they're not invincible. 
with my abilities, I'm stronger than Silver's. But only me. <laughs> Just me. No, this no. is where she brings she tells up about the that. New blood. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, right. the, the red. If we if we go out blood. and find all these new bloods and get them to follow us and fight for us, we'll have and she and Farley kind of have a moment. Yeah, and I'll read that here in a second because she says, well, she says Maven will try to kill them. Mayor says Maven's going to try to kill them, but if we get to them first, they could be. And then Farley cuts in and says, "The greatest army the world has ever seen." Farley's eyes glass at the thought, an army of new blood. And she smiles. Her scar strains against stitches, threatening to split open again. Her grin widens. She doesn't mind the pain. But I do. I suppose I always will. Oh, honey. Mare. Oh, Don't you let Farley have her awesome moment? Right. For just a minute. <laughs> Not honey, everything is honestly. about you, Mare. It's like if you gave her a bowl of her favorite ice cream, she'd be like, but one fifth of it is already melted. Make ice cream Four soup, fifths girl. of it are still ice cream, then Mary. Go sit eat in the it. freezer and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> she just <laughs> she goes from being like silver lining to I'm the, everything sucks and we're dying in right. the flip of a coin. Right. I'm stronger than everybody. But I'm so bad. I suck so bad. <laughs> like, oh Jesus. I'm so powerful, but not. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was the end of chapter three. Yeah, that's how chapter three ends. Chapter three ends. So we've got the dun-dun-dun moment where Farley, I think, is kind of convinced, yeah, maybe we do need to go find all these new bloods. Yeah. The greatest army the world has ever known. Of all time. Of all time. Wow. Now, we also get a little bit of description. It's one of the only descriptions we get of Farley in all four books. <laughs> That she is not as tall as Kalorn, but walks fast with a purpose. So, yeah. This part reminded me of when Nia walks into theater and she's doing, like, her purposeful walk. (laughs) Do I do that? Oh, yeah. From the car into the theater. She's walking with her purpose, I'll I'll read the first paragraph of chapter four here. Yeah, I do love her purposeful walk. I'll I'll have to videotape it sometime. Don't! (laughs) Here's chapter, here's the first paragraph of chapter four is how we start out. Farley's not as tall as Kalorn, but her steps are faster, more deliberate, and harder to keep up with. I do my best, almost jogging to match her pace through the Mercive corridor. Like before, the guardsmen jump out of our way, but now they salute her as we pass, clasping hands to their chest or fingers to their brow. I must say, Farley cuts an impressive figure, wearing her scars and wounds like jewels. She doesn't seem to mind the blood on her shift, absent-mindedly, Absently wiping her hands against it. Much better. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking, Farley starts sniping with Mare. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're, she's taking her to Cal. Right. And she's like, we didn't lock him up if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> you know, just instantly poking at Mare to try to get a rise out of her. And I love that Mare is like, she says lightly, as if imprisoning Cal with casual gossip. Like, honey, to her, it is. She doesn't care. She doesn't care, really. She's got way better stuff to think about than where your swole cow is. <laughs> right. And is this the, the uh, chapter paragraph from page 43 right there? Where she says, I'm not stupid enough to rise to that bait. Because she knows she's popping. She's trying to get at her. Yeah. 
living said, life on a razor wire. Right, I've balanced now. lie after lie. Not well. Not well. It's nothing to do the same now. It's very much lost detail. It's like, Mare. She, she, yeah, she has this tirade where she talks about how she's been able to hide her true self and everything. No. No. Mm-mm. Not you even got played by Alara. You got played by Maeve. And you're probably they, being played they by They warned right you. Probably. They warned you. Yes. And you were still just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maven was like, guard your heart. And she was like, I'll give it to you. It's fine. <laughs> you can hold it. You can me. hold it. You already know that I need to guard it. So you just guard it for me. No, that's not how it works. Right, and then she's going on you about how... little tropical fish. Yep. Right, she's going about how they don't know how strong and powerful Cal is, or how strong and powerful she is now, and she could just turn the whole submarine off if she wanted to. Like, that's where we have the reading. After his brother's betrayal and his father's murder, he had no fight inside him. I didn't blame him. But Farley doesn't know his heart or his strength like I do. She doesn't know how dangerous he really is. Or how dangerous I am, for that matter. Even now, despite my many injuries, I feel power deep inside, calling out to the electricity pulsing through the immersive. I could control it if I wanted. I could shut this whole thing down. I could drown us all. The lethal idea makes me blush, embarrassed by such thoughts. But they are a comfort all the same. I'm the greatest weapon on a ship full of warriors, and they don't seem to know. Okay, Rachel Berry. I wrote. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Because I wrote in my notes, "What a snot nosed little brat." That is totally a Rachel Berry. Yes. Line. Well, and, and I the also, way you were reading it. I also too. wrote on there. Farley knows far more than she thinks. Yes. It's like this. The problem is, Mayor's always knee jerk reaction to the limited knowledge she has of what's actually going on. She really does. Her pendulum swings just like right. instantaneously. It's like, girl, you got to balance those emotions out a little bit. Can we get some sort of happy medium? Yeah. You're either thinking you're the biggest pile of steaming dog do or the greatest thing right. on the planet. Like, there is no in-between. I'm there is no in-between with so you. so worthless, I could shut this submarine off and kill everyone on board if I wanted to. I am so worthless, but, like, look at all of my power. Right. So Make up your right. mind. No, she will not. So they get to... Uh, I guess Cal's bunk where they're holding Cal and Mare notices outside there's all kinds of crates from like everywhere. Yeah. Stuff that doesn't look like anything that she's seen before. They're yeah. obviously stockpiling. Yeah, from like Piedmont, Harbor yeah. Bay, Corvium, Haven, Delphi. She says even Bellium from Piedmont to the south. Stolen goods, obviously stuff they stole from Sawyer. Yeah, stuff they hijacked off other boats and things like that because we find out they sprinkle little things in through these first few paragraphs that really tell you how the scarlet guard has gotten so much of what they've gotten it's all stolen or hijacked from someplace else you know they've they they're basically pirates for lack of a better term you know of course i mean but the funny thing is Silvers rule, and they rule everything with their abilities, but as far as, like, actual products going back and forth and trade, yeah. that's all run that's by all reds. That's all run by right. reds. Technology so is all made by reds. The, te- the, the, the silvers the techies, just think that the reds won't defy so them. It's yeah. really easy for them to move stuff like that. Yeah, and the, and it's trade routes and things like that that the silvers have no idea about. And these are the things that Mare starts to realize. You know, she's even got... Uh, a part later on where she talks about how she 
woefully underestimates the Scarlet Guard at every turn. Right. Like, literally yeah. everyone has told you, too. They're like, the Scarlet Guard is stronger than you think. Yeah. There's something else going on here. If you don't know everything, she's like, oh, I may have underestimated them a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they lived in the Silver World, even as Reds, where the Silvers view humans basically as ants. Right. It's like they don't even notice them. They wouldn't, they don't think that Reds are capable intellectually of getting to that level. Right. You know, like, how could they be on the same level as us? How could they best us? How could they have all these things going on that we don't know about? So Mare... Because you don't look. Because you don't look, and because they're really good at hiding it. Mare went from a world where she knew nothing of any of this, and all it was was war and death, to the silver where everything is strength and power, and now she's in some perilous limbo between the two of them. Everything is still war and death, but now she has strength and power. So it's a total 180 from how she's looked at everything before. So I get where she's coming from to a certain extent, but she still is constantly surprised by how organized they really are. Right. You know, but for some reason, she still doesn't believe them when they say that we're doing this on purpose. We look like this on purpose. Right. So she's she's still putting all of the pieces together. Sometimes I think Mare's not really the sharpest crayon in the box. A little bit. And it works, clearly, because even the Silvers don't think, don't realize how. Even Maven, even what he saw in the undertrain at Nersi, doesn't realize the scope. Exactly. As we're about to see here. Yeah. So they get to Cal's quarters, which is basically just like a tiny little broom closet and it's in all, the corner It's of all the noisy Murphy. outside, and she's yeah. like, how can you even sleep in there? And and Farley does not care. <laughs> like, he has a complaint. Right? I don't... Thought it came with a biscuit. <laughs> I don't understand the he's attitude. He's lucky to yeah. be alive, and he knows that, so he's just chilling. Right. So Farley knocks, Cal opens, doesn't even look at Mare, like, can't look at her. Yeah, he's like boring his eyes directly into Farley. And he says, Captain Farley, which kills me. <laughs> That's funny to me. He acts all annoyed. Captain Farley, like, what? And yeah. so she's like, oh, you didn't want visitors? Yeah, I guess I'll just take her away then and goes to slam <laughs> the door. But Mare blocks the door with her hand like, oh, no, you don't. Yeah, I put, I put through, gritted, through gritted teeth like a teenage, teenage girl who's annoyed, which she is. She is. Farley flinches. When she touches I think, her. I think we've got our first flinch count of glass sword. I think this is the first flinch. And she's Mom, mad at herself. The book opened with oh, the right. words, I flinched. Oh, that's right. She, and Farley's mad at herself because she flinched when Mare touched her. Like she was going to shock her. Right. Yeah. And she was mad at herself when she flinched. Like, she yeah. was mad for I'm showing. not supposed to let her show right. any weakness. afraid of Mare in any way. So, but it makes Mare happy, like a little baby. Yeah. Look and at then, how powerful I am. I right. made Farley flinch. Then, and she basically does the verbal equivalent of hitting Farley in the face with a roller skate, which if you've watched season four of Stranger Things, well, yeah. you'll know really hurts. <laughs> what, is, what is this verbal equivalent? Oh, she basically just gets rid of her, you know, tells her to leave them alone. It's not... There's, I don't think there's a specific thing, but she lets Farley know with no uncertain terms that they would like some privacy. Right, and Farley's and like she can go get lost. Irritated, embarrassed that she flinched, and she's kind of like keep barking orders if she leaves. 
Yeah. Don't do something. I'm angry. Do something. Oh, I'm done. We'll do something else. <laughs> get me somebody. Anybody. And get me somebody while I'm waiting. And it says <laughs> it says in the book, Cal and Mare stare after her. I put in my notes looking at her butt. <laughs> okay, Dad. Cal may have been. Right. But they're afraid to look at each other. Mare and Cal don't want to look at each other. So I imagine we have that awkward thing where they're both like looking at opposite, like at the floor, but like on opposite sides. Uh-huh. Like yeah. pulling well, in their own clothes. She even like, mentions the last time they looked at each other from across the room from doorways like this was when they were at dance lessons. Yeah, and then they kissed. So, yeah. yeah. And then she, when she brushes by him, he feels cold as ice. And she remembers not only... Like how he felt, like the heat and the beefiness of him, like he's some sort of Taco Bell Mexican pizza, both heat and beefiness. Right. She can also remember how he tastes, which I hope is not like a Mexican pizza. No, she says uh, the the feel, smell, and taste of cow, which equates to heat, wood smoke, and sunrise. But Wait, now so, he so just he tastes like soap, sunrise. I guess. And sunrise. I mean, those not, berries taste like sunshine when you right. eat fresh picked berries. Well, at least so. it's not Coors and Marlboros. That's <laughs> true. It could be a lot worse, girl. You could live right? in the Midwest. <laughs> she says, "But now he's cold, smells of blood, and I never want to taste his kiss again." And I put in parentheses, or does she? <laughs> I mean, I would have just been like, "Oh, honey." Yeah, she totally does. And he's he's pulled open like a panel in the wall and has wires exposed because yeah. he's a tinkerer. He's like looking at how trying to figure out how this immersive works by looking at the electric electrical wiring in the wall. And she thinks fantastic. He's gonna blow this <laughs> thing up before we even have a, t- a chance to get where we're going. Well, how would you be so powerful, Mayor? Why are you worried? Well, I mean, she already knows that she's gonna die in this thing. So this is obviously how she's gonna die. Cal's gonna. It's going to be Cal's fault. And it's going to blow up. Yeah. Right. He said he just kind of wants everyone to leave him alone. She's like, well, I can make that happen. He's like, oh, is the little lightning girl in charge now? Yeah. And she gets all mad. He's like, I get the feeling you're just as cornered as me. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. And she says, cornered? I'm not the one in a closet. He's like, no, you're too busy being put on parade again. They're marching you up and down. This, the, of course they want to, to see that you're with them. Yeah. So she she says, well, my brother would never, you know, meaning like Shade would never bring me into a situation where I'm just going to be a pawn in somebody's game. And Cal didn't actually say this. He should have been like, really? Mayor, we're literally hours away from my brother decapitating our father. And I never thought he would do that. <laughs> he didn't say that. But I mean, like. He should. He should. He basically does. Well, he, he swells up, you know, like puffs his chest out and heats up, you know, ready to. Right. He's just, he just says, I, I thought my brother would well, never also. Yeah. He's like, I and thought my brother would never. Out. Yeah. And, and she's scared of him. She doesn't like the side of him. He looks angry and, you know, she's. He's getting. She, she's poked a nerve that, right. that she definitely did not want to. So she steps back and he apologizes to her. And she says the most mare thing ever. Don't apologize to me. I know better. Okay. Good Lord with the self-pity. It's like, it's like, 
please apologize to me, but also don't, because I don't deserve it, but, like, apologize so that I can reject your apology. Yeah, I just... I'm Girl, so, go get some sleep. I'm so pitiful, <laughs> pitiful but also much stronger than you. <laughs> I mean, I, we never mind. I don't want to give any spoilers away. But she she asks about Tuck. She wants to see because Cal might know something. At least how Silver's view Tuck. Yeah. From a military standpoint. Yeah, he she wants the info on Tuck from his side, from what he's learned as right. You know, training to be. A general. If he doesn't know much, he says it's that it's not Norda territory and it's way out off the shore and not worth a settlement or a base of any kind. Yeah, that as far as he knows, there isn't even, even anything there. It's not big enough to warrant anything. And it's just open water, so it's not like there's a trade route that comes through there or anything where there would have already been a base right. to control you know, things in the ocean. It's just which in makes the middle her, of open water. Right, which makes her feel a little better. But then Cal asks about Shade, asks if Shade was okay, and then asks if he also has abilities, like Nair does. Yeah, and, and she lets him know that he does and have abilities okay. and that he's okay. He took a couple bullets for her, that, but that he's going right. to be okay. So Cal seems to feel better at that, you know, knowing that, there's somebody there that will take a bullet for her. You know, even if they can't right. 100% trust Shade right now, that he may not be giving them the best information. They may He may be keeping them in the dark. But at least when it came down to the survival, Shade took the bullets for Mare. Right. Intentionally. Yeah. So then Mare can feel, before anyone else notices, Mare can feel the generator slowing down. So she knows something's, happening. something's up. They're slowing down for a reason. So she she gets excited because she knows that when they dock, her family's going to be there. And also that she made it through the whole ride without dying. Yeah, she made it through the whole ride without dying. Right. But then so she, she gives herself 0.25 exactly. seconds exactly of happiness before she realizes, I'm not going to be able to stay here. I'm going to have to turn right back around start looking for and the start looking life. for all of these people. So even when she lets herself be happy... She still won't let herself be happy for more than like a split second. This this next part cracks me up because for Cal, when it's like I could see, totally see him standing there. The alarm sounds and then the yellow light flashes. And it's like like a meh, meh, and the yellow light flashing because they're starting to rise. And Cal's just standing there looking around going, mesmerized. He's so mesmerized by this underwater thingy. He's like, I'm going to build one. <laughs> and then they start to angle up, and as it angles up, they kind of lose balance and kind of bump into each other a little bit. I have in my notes, wound five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Mike and Eleven kiss on Stranger yeah. Things, only they're smacking their wounds they're together. Face five. And face yeah. five, yeah. <laughs> and then Mare wins. They their faces right. They do, 100%. And Mare winces. She doesn't flinch. She winces. She just winces. Actually, they both wince. Yeah, but that's when Mayor says something about where is Sarah Skonos when you need her, and that kind of is like kicking Cal in the <sighs> nether region. <Mayor. laughs> then she apologizes. She's like, "I'm sorry, I brought up the memory." But Cal's like, "That's my own fault. I didn't listen. She told me the truth." 
and I didn't listen. And I still didn't listen. I, I put my trust in somebody I shouldn't have put my trust in. And look right. How that it's like happened. I chose not to listen to her. And we're, we're back to this lesson again. That's one thing about Cal because he, it's not about, oh, woe is me. It's like, oh, well, this is, I am here because of a cho- choice I made. So now I've got to deal. Now I've got to deal with it. With yeah. It. You know, like a grown up. <laughs> but I mean, instead, in fairness, he is like, He's a couple years, years older, yeah. He's much more grown he's, up. He's been through some training and stuff that she hasn't, you know. He's, he's seen some stuff. So the switch flips in Mare where she's like, I got to get out of here. And she starts to run. Right, because she so immediately, she where immediately thinks where... On a submarine. Well, where are you going? Because isn't she immediately thinking, like, when she's like, oh, Sarah and Julian are dead because she's doing the pity mm-hmm. thing. And she's like, everything's closing in on her. She's immediately bolting for the hatch. Yeah. Which they don't even know what's called a hatch, I don't think, at this point. I don't think... She just knows that she's running towards some sort of exit. She wants to get out the hole she with the ladder. She just wants to get out of it, yeah. But they haven't even risen to the surface yet. They're just starting their descent. It's like our ascent. So where are you going to go? Right. And I put it here. They head towards the hatch. There's like a bunch of people there. And Cal kind of hangs back. And Mayor is kind of with Kaloran there. And Mayor gives Kaloran crap about this Lena girl that we will never hear about again. <laughs> This is literally, I think, the last time we hear about her. Yeah, he says all. he says she's fine, I guess. And and I have Mayor gives him the most friend zoning pat on the back in the world and <laughs> says, "That's good, Kalorn." It it right. we literally have Aww. our that's nice, buddy. That's right. nice, buddy. That's nice, buddy. Patting him on the shoulder. That's good, Kalorn. Good for you, Kalorn. Good for you, buddy. I, I don't think Kalorn is very happy with that no. at all. So at the hatch, Farley is kind of supervising, getting the injured first out. That includes Shade. They got to get all the injured out first, and then the guardsmen start. The guardsmen start going up there, so they're just kind of basically piling in where it's open. Mayor sees an entrance. She's like, <laughs> right? She's like, I'm not. A, I'm not a princess. I'm not. I'm out. <laughs> and Cal's like right behind her. And when Cal, manners, when, I want out. And right, yeah. and when she and Cal step up, like everyone parts. Everyone yeah. kind of steps back and lets them get up. And Farley nods to both Mare and Cal. On the way up, yeah. And acknowledges both of them. And she says, that should have been my first warning. Hmm. Yeah. I know. So we'll see. We'll get to that here in a second. Because they both get acknowledged by Farley in the same way. Right. There's no difference of the reverence of what they are there. So that's, then, that doesn't look good to Mare. Right. And then she says she's climbing. She looks kind of back down. And she realizes that they're still wounded down down there under the blankets. And then she realizes uh, those aren't wounded. They're dead. They're the ones that died. Yeah. They're the people that they loaded onto the immersive when they They were, were injured, probably, and trying yeah. to save them. But, yeah. They died on the way. So, of course, you know, thanks, Mayor. You got to make sure that you're like, oh, we're safe, but there's dead bodies. Right. You just got to make sure that you put that poop stain on. Everything. And to top all the depression off for Mayor, as soon as they climb out of <laughs> the that, cherry Murtha, on top of this depression it's Sunday, storming. <laughs> it's like mega storming too. Right. It's like not just kind of like they, they can hardly yeah. see the island. It's the rain is stinging her in the face. She's instantly soaked. There's lightning though, so she likes that because she gets a little bit of. I don't want to say a jolt because she feels the pokey, but she feels the power. Yeah, she gets a surge. Right. There's no better way to and, put it. And Bree is out there. 
being all buff. And helping her yeah. off the submarine. Ah, uh, the stupidest of all the Barrow children. Yeah. It's just a big lump of meat <laughs> there to escort her from one place to another. Because he drapes her, it drapes his arm over her and almost knocks her over. Because she's got to weigh like 95 pounds at this point in time. Right. So he's got another like 95 pounds on her. And pretty much is like, hey, Mary! <laughs> oh my god! Right, and she can she like, just like folds like an accordion yeah, cartoon style. Pretty much, she can barely see Tuck. Really, the, the actual island because of the storm. She says she sees a few barracks or bunkers, mm-hmm. and then a couple of concrete buildings. Says right there at the end of the dock mm-hmm. that they're plus some boats out on the dock. Different boats include, from different, yeah, yeah, all different stuff. Everything's mismatched, just like the guns and the bowl of bones. So they don't they don't have an organized place that they're getting everything, but they're getting everything that they need. And she even notices that one of the ships that they have is the blue of the Norton Navy. It's an old Norton Navy. So they've actually managed to commandeer an official Norton Navy ship. So they've had some people in some pretty high up places that have worked for them. We just don't know it at this point in time. And then they're loading all the injured on like a transport because that's where Shade's going. Basically, like I probably I would assume it's like one of those big buses you saw in MASH. Yeah, the the kind of truck with the covered back right. where they just put everybody, yeah. And Bree's kind of acting a little cold towards Cal. Yeah, And Mayor notices it, and Cal definitely notices something is up, because he, at this point, just he stops. Picks, yeah, he picks up on the vibe. vibe. He doesn't right. like what's going on here. He doesn't know where they're being led. Yeah, he has Nobody a bad will feeling talk to him. No, and they won't really talk to Mare either. Bree won't really acknowledge mm-hmm. Mare much. You know, he's done the bare minimum, but he's not welcoming her with open arms. He's right. not, uh, you know, picking her up and spinning her around like he's so excited. This is the first time he's seen a sister in practically five years. No, he's definitely got another purpose right now, and Cal figures out what it is before Mare does. Right, he stops. Yeah, and then stops up short. one of the hangers, the big hangar door, starts to rise up, and there's just like a buttload of guards there, fully armed, like a lot. Yeah, Admiral Akbar pops up in Mayor's head and says, "It's a trap." <laughs> yeah, thanks. And then there's one guy. Not again. You waited until now to tell me this. Yeah, thanks, Admiral. Akbar. And there's one guy who kind of steps forward, and he's got like white blonde hair. Like Farley. Like Farley. <laughs> and an icy disposition, and one eye is all clouded red. Yeah, like it's just permanently super bloodshot. Right. So, I'm sure he looks fantastic. And Mare's immediately mad. She knows something's up, and Bree's like holding on to her. So she yeah, can't go anywhere. like one hand like this, and she's like, <laughs> struggling, and he's just got one hand against her chest, right. like she's holding like, her she's back. like, they won't hurt him, and then Cal starts to flame up. He's ready for the fight, but I mean, there's way too many soldiers. They'd be able to gun him down. Like, he sure, care. but he's he doesn't ready. have anything to lose no. at this point. If he wants to go out in a blaze of glory, then I'm sure she's not going to be able to stop at him. He starts to flame up, and he's like, basically looking at this guy like, well, I'm ready to go. Cal is. And this is what Mayor is thinking. Too many guns, even for Cal. They'll shoot him if they must. It might even be what they want. An excuse to kill the fallen prince. Part of me, most of me, I know they would be justified in this. Cal was a hunter of the Scarlet Guard, essentially guaranteeing Tristan's death, Walsh's suicide, and Farley's torture. 
soldiers killed at his orders, wiping out most of Farley's rebel force. And who knows how many he sent to die on the war front, trading red soldiers for a few measly miles of the lake land. He owes no allegiance to the cause. He is a danger to the Scarlet Guard. All valid points, Mayor. My, That's true. My question is, why do they need an excuse? I guess they really don't. I think at this point in time, the reason why they don't kill him instantly is Mare. And, right, and they know, A, he's just been betrayed. Yeah. And they could maybe get information from him. Right, They're he wanting needs information to be mostly. Right. 100% he needs to be debriefed. You know, however it's, they're going to go about that. Right, I mean, have the Scarlet Guard ever captured a red and been able to... A silver. silver. A silver, I mean, sorry. Yeah. And been able to, yeah, try to get information. I mean, they had maybe I'm supposedly I'm sure they have, in. but they've never captured the Prince of Norda. Correct. Right. <laughs> He's a very valuable token for them right now. Right. And Kaloran's even like, Mary, he can't fight out of this. Yeah. Right. The he blood, can't fight his way out of this. The blood-eyed man steps forward and calls him Tiberius. He flinches. Yes. Have another flinch here. When he calls him Tiberius. And he calls, calls him Tiberius because he, you know, obviously is not used to people calling him Tiberius and be like, no, no, Tiberius is my father. Right. <laughs> and he tells him to get on his hands and knees, or on his knees with his hands behind his head, which is, you know what that means. Right. You're being. You're about to be shot. Or, 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 or arrested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He doesn't, he does neither. He doesn't kneel or put his hands behind his head. And Mare is like, hey, hey come on, buddy. Man. Yeah, do do what they told you to. So Cal sinks down to his knees and his flame sputters out. And here's where I have, just like he did yesterday, <laughs> next to his father's body. That was yesterday, yesterday. Right. for Mare. We covered that. Six weeks ago. It was yesterday for <laughs> Cal, was, too. Well, that's true, yeah. In the book, it was yesterday. So you got to keep that in mind, guys. We are looking at, it has been 24 hours since at the king, the, the most of it bones, has been 24 hours. Was that? Yeah. Right. And he doesn't kneel for them. He doesn't kneel. He kneels for Mare because Mare asked him to. Right. Yeah. And then I'll read the last couple of paragraphs right here of the chapter. The blood-eyed man grins, his teeth gleaming and straight. He stands over Cal with relish, enjoying the sight of a prince at his feet, enjoying the power it gives him. But I am the lightning girl, and he knows nothing of true power. Okay, honey. I have a question, though. When the colonel is standing over Cal, relishing him... We don't know he's the colonel yet. Is it... Oh, sorry. Is it dill or sweet relish? Because sweet relish is nasty. Dill. I want dill. dill. It's gotta, dill. It's okay, gotta right. be dill. With like yeah. a little bit of mustard mixed in. Right. None sweet of that relish sweet relish crap. It's yeah. disgusting. Some ketchup. I hate when I get a hot dog and they like I'm like, do you have relish? Yeah, we'll put relish on there. And there's sweet relish. relish. Yeah. Like, no, that's not relish. I'm no. sorry. This is Missouri, not New York. <laughs> I, and I love the, but I am the lightning girl and he knows nothing of true power. You're not God, Mayor. <laughs> nope. She has a bit of a God complex. A little bit. And at the same time, also thinks she's the lowest human exactly. on the face of the planet. Correct. She has girl. Get your. She has a superiority issue and an inferiority issue. We do find simultaneously. out simultaneously. Yes, imposter syndrome and narcissism all at the same time. Right. We do find out after this chapter, spoiler alert, that Mayor's just hangry. 
Right. Because she has I would go into that a lot in the next chapter. Yeah. Like everyone telling Mary to eat. She hasn't eaten or slept. And so it's like, you know, it, it made me think of the uh, Snickers commercial with Danny Trejo as Marsha from the Brady oh, that's Bunch. Right. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh, yeah, Jan. It's like, Jan, here, have a Snickers. You're not yourself when you're hungry. That's a great commercial. That is they a great they commercial. did a bunch. Snickers did a bunch of those. You're not yourself when you're yeah. hungry commercials. The, the Betty White on the football field. You're moving like Betty White out there, and then you eat the Snickers and you get back into it. Yeah. It may have been like a Godzilla so, one. Yeah, had they just tried giving Mara Snickers, Snickers? maybe it would have worked. Maybe right. she would be in a better <laughs> And so you didn't give it, I mean, you said the Colonel, which we will find out. Yeah, it's the Colonel sorry, anyway, but it's, alert. it's quite clear that he's in charge. Right. I mean, yeah, I he, he's, he's come not, here for a reason, and he's not Farley. And he's not Farley. Yeah, she knows now that there's people that are above Farley, and it's pretty clear that this dude is one of them. And he means business. Yeah, because he's got more soldiers around him than pretty much she's ever right. seen Farley with. And having So ha- after everything has been decimated the way it's been decimated, like where have these sh- soldiers been. come from? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it gets to our, we did our casting episode after the end of, the first book, we're going to do another one at the end of the second book, more than likely, to kind of go over everything, see if we're going to oh, show that. Totally, yeah. But there's going to be a lot of new characters. This character in particular, <laughs> I think we have the perfect cast, mm-hmm. casting oh, yeah. choice for we this character. Tell you guys. We'll probably let this one slip early. I, I, don't, I don't see us getting all the way through Black Sword without talking without about it. this actor. Well, I mean, no. we didn't get all the way through the first one without talking about... Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Or Natalie Dormer. Or Natalie, or Natalie Dormer. Dormer. Yeah. We, we let both those slip early. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure we'll let this one slip. We'll hang on to it for a few more weeks so we kind of get right. to know mm-hmm. the blood-eyed man and figure out what yeah. he's all about. Then we'll tease it for you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, then, then we'll talk about it. But, but Oh, my God. Just yeah. when I reread this again, it, it solidifies it. The thing opening and the lightning, I get to see the lightning flashing and the blood eye. I, I, I gave me chills. Yeah. Super excited. So that is where we will end this episode on that cliffhanger and get ready for what awaits us in chapter five. That's what next week's episode will be. And we'll be covering uh, just chapter five. There's a lot of emotion in that chapter. I think there's so going to be some good we're gonna, stuff. We're going to focus on that more with, uh, with the discussion. Not as much action happens, but there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on. Yeah. So... We want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Make sure you hit us up on the socials over on Instagram. We are at Reading with the Rockefellers. You can send us an email. We like to get fan art. We like to get fan casting ideas. Uh, start sending them in because we will do one at the end of Black Sword. We've got a lot of new characters that we're going to meet, and we will get casting and done for them. And who knows if we find a really good idea out there or someone sends in a great idea. We may make a little revision to even our original casting. That's true. Correct. That's we may true. Make we some can changes. always make some Absolutely. updates. So never be afraid to send us your ideas for that kind of stuff. The email is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can go to our website where we have all of our episodes, our blog, some pictures, all of our fan art. That is readingwiththerockefellers.com. Real simple to find that. And then uh, also don't forget about our YouTube channel. We have video versions of all of the episodes. Mia puts together great videos of those. And our reading, our uh, YouTube channel is just Reading with the Rockefellers. Make sure there and on Instagram you follow and subscribe. 
and on YouTube, make sure you click the little bell notification so you get a notification every time we upload a new video and don't ever miss a moment of the show. We will be back next week with Chapter 5 of Glass Sword. And no fan art again this week. Next week, uh, we will have uh, something for you guys, but it won't, it won't 100% be fan art. So next week, we'll be switching that part of it up a little bit. So stay tuned for that. So we love you guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.